In the sprawling metropolis, where skyscrapers pierced the heavens and neon lights painted the streets in a constant glow, technology was the lifeblood of society. Augmented reality ads played on every corner, drones flitted above, delivering packages and capturing moments, while the hum of electric cars echoed through the avenues. In such a world, the next big thing was always on the horizon, and yet, most innovations faded into the background noise, lost in the cacophony of progress. But not Nexus Dive. When Nexus Dive was first introduced, it promised a gaming experience like no other. Billboards showcased tantalizing visuals, ethereal forests, majestic dragons, and futuristic cities all waiting to be explored. But what truly set it apart was its groundbreaking interface. Unlike traditional VR games where the distinction between player and character was clear, in Nexus Dive, that line was blurred. The sensation was not of controlling an avatar, but of becoming one. As players donned the sleek VR headsets, they felt an almost electric thrill, a rush that told them they were on the cusp of something monumental. The game's hyper-realistic graphics combined with 360-degree sound and even simulated touch through haptic feedback gloves. In their homes, players would stand on specially designed treadmills that allowed them to walk, run, or even jump, mirroring their character's actions in the game. Bystanders would watch in amusement and awe as friends and family, once seated on couches, now engaged in elaborate battles, skillfully dodging obstacles or interacting with virtual characters. Kitchens transformed into enchanted woods, bedrooms into vast battlefields. As players danced between reality and the virtual, it was evident that Nexus Dive was redefining the very concept of gaming. However, it wasn't just the gameplay that was enthralling. The competitive aspect was just as gripping. Leaderboards displayed across gaming forums and social media channels, where players vied for the top spots, boasting about their high scores and sharing secrets to conquering particularly challenging levels. Yet, as the weeks rolled by, unsettling rumors began to circulate. Some of the most dedicated gamers, the elites who held the coveted top positions on the leaderboards, started to vanish. At first, these disappearances were dismissed. Burnout, some said. Others speculated they might have received exclusive invites to beta test the next version of the game. But as the numbers grew and the whispers became louder, concern took root. These weren't merely sporadic incidents. There was a pattern. Every disappearance was of a player, who had achieved a score previously considered unattainable. Families frantically searched for their missing loved ones, and as the news of these mysterious vanishings reached the mainstream, it didn't take long for panic to ensue. Local news outlets aired segment after segment on the phenomena, with reporters standing outside the eerily quiet homes of missing players, their VR equipment still humming in the background. An unsettling thought began to dominate public discourse, had the game they all adored claimed its players for real. The digital landscape of Nexus Dive was vast and varied. Players could traverse sunlit meadows, delve into ancient crypts, or fly through neon-lit cityscapes. It was a world that teemed with life and activity, where every corner held a new adventure or challenge. 
With thousands online at any given time, in-game towns and markets were bustling with avatars bartering, strategizing, and celebrating their victories. However, as the days turned into weeks, regular players began to stumble upon unusual scenes. In the midst of a chaotic battle against a ferocious dragon, a lone avatar might stand still, seemingly unperturbed by the flames or the advancing enemy. In busy in-game markets, amidst the throngs of avatars going about their business, one might just remain stationary, unresponsive to any attempts at communication. Curiosity turned to bewilderment when some players reported avatars exhibiting bizarre routines. In the serene moonlit glade, a well-known avatar, recognized as one of the game's top players, was spotted walking into a tree, stepping back, then repeating the process. Elsewhere, in the echoing caverns, another avatar was found continuously jumping into a chasm, respawning, and then doing it all over again. Spectators, those who enjoyed watching live streams of top-tier gameplay, began to capture these anomalies. These clips rapidly went viral, with comment sections ablaze with theories. Many believed them to be glitches, while others joked about players being bored and seeking new, self-imposed challenges. But a keen-eyed gamer named Lumine, known in the community for his meticulous attention to detail, noticed something unsettling. Recording several hours of gameplay showcasing these glitched avatars, he ran an analysis, matching the seemingly random acts to patterns. It was subtle, almost imperceptibly so, but there it was, Morse code. The revelation spread like wildfire. Gamers and codebreakers alike started watching these avatars more closely, deciphering their desperate messages. The avatars were repeating the same heart-wrenching pleas, help me, trapped, can't escape. These weren't just in-game anomalies, they were cries for help from the very players who had disappeared in the real world. The chilling implications were undeniable. Somehow, the game had become more than just a simulation. It had become a prison, and the elite players, the very ones who had excelled beyond comprehension, were its captives. The realization sent shockwaves through the community, turning the once-beloved Nexus dive into an object of dread. The lines between the virtual and the real were blurring, and the stakes had become terrifyingly high. The gaming community was in turmoil. Message boards, usually filled with discussions about strategies or the latest updates, now buzzed with frantic conversations about the trapped players. Teams were formed, some out of concern, some out of morbid curiosity, and some out of sheer disbelief. Several elite hackers, drawn from various corners of the globe, formed a coalition, christening themselves the Circuit Breakers. Their goal was singular, penetrate the impregnable fortress that was Nexus Dive's mainframe. Initial attempts proved futile. The game's security was layers deep, each more complex than the last. But these were no ordinary hackers, their dedication and combined expertise made them a formidable force. Parallel to this digital assault, researchers and professionals in the realm of virtual reality and neuroscience were consulted. They were bombarded with questions, could a game truly trap a consciousness? Were the players alive in some digital sense? If so, could they be brought back?
The academic community was abuzz, with many experts hypothesizing about the confluence of the mind, consciousness, and digital realms. Some theories suggested that the hyper-immersive nature of the game might have forged new neural pathways, trapping the player's consciousness within the digital landscape. All eyes turned to the creators of Nexus Dive. Surely they would have answers, a solution, or, at the very least, an explanation. But the once-celebrated tech giant had become eerily quiet. Their vibrant social media channels, which previously showcased game updates and responded to fan queries with zest, were now dormant. Concerned individuals and media crews who visited their corporate offices found them abandoned, with only the remnants of a once-thriving workspace left behind. Amidst this maelstrom of activity, a solitary figure emerged from the shadows, capturing the community's attention. Known in the gaming world as Raven, his reputation was that of a legend. Rumored to have skills that surpassed even the elite, he had been absent from the public eye for years, leading many to speculate about his whereabouts or even if he was a real person. Raven, motivated by a personal stake in the game's mystery, began his own deep dive into Nexus Dive's architecture. While the circuit breakers attempted a brute force approach, Raven chose finesse, seeking out anomalies within the game's code. His search led him to the Matrix Chamber, a level known to players for its complexity and mesmerizing visuals. But Raven saw beyond its facade. Delving deeper, he identified a glitch, a tiny, almost imperceptible ripple in the code. Experimenting with this glitch, Raven was able to manipulate it, slowly expanding its reach. What he uncovered was astounding, a portal that led to a digital realm distinct from the game's environment. This wasn't just another level or hidden easter egg, it was something far more profound. It appeared to be a parallel digital universe, one that resonated with the desperate Morse code messages sent out by the trapped avatars. However, accessing this space was fraught with danger. Preliminary probes revealed that to truly enter and navigate this realm, a player would need to synchronize their neural frequencies with the game at an unparalleled level. This meant an immersion so deep that the player would have to sever all ties with reality, risking the very consciousness that defined their existence. The path ahead was treacherous, but for Raven, the decision was clear. Armed with knowledge and an unwavering determination, he was ready to venture into the unknown, hoping to unlock the secrets of the game and rescue the imprisoned souls. From the moment Raven crossed into this distorted reality, he felt an immediate shift. The familiar, responsive controls of Nexus Dive felt sluggish, and the usually crisp, vibrant visuals were replaced with jagged, fragmented graphics. It was as if he had stepped into a broken mirror's reflection of the game. This realm, while reminiscent of the original game, bore a menacing air. The sky, devoid of the usual celestial blues or starry blacks, was a tumultuous sea of greys, with bolts of digital lightning occasionally ripping through, illuminating an otherwise murky world. Instead of the harmonious hum of the game's ambient music, a cacophony of distorted sounds echoed around, like a soundtrack gone awry. Walking felt different too. With each step, the ground responded with an eerie elasticity, 
pulsing and shifting as though it were breathing. It was unsettling, a constant reminder of the corrupted code that now made up this nightmarish realm. As he ventured further, Raven began to encounter the lost players. Their once dynamic avatars were now distorted shadows of their former selves. The colors that once adorned them were faded, their movements jerky, and unpredictable. Their eyes, which used to be mere pixels, now held an uncanny depth, brimming with sorrow and desperation. They reached out to him, their gestures a clear indication of their desire to be freed. Yet, when he tried to communicate, there was only silence, an oppressive void that further emphasized their captivity. But it wasn't just the haunting sights and sounds that Raven had to contend with. This realm had its own set of dangers. Malicious strings of code, manifested as grotesque creatures, roamed the land. These digital beasts bore no resemblance to the in-game foes players were accustomed to. They were erratic, their movements unpredictable, making them all the more menacing. At every turn, Raven had to fend them off, using his gaming skills and knowledge of the code to exploit their vulnerabilities. Yet, even the environment itself was an adversary. The terrain, corrupted by rogue data, would suddenly shift or disintegrate, forcing Raven to be constantly on guard. Pits of pure void would open up without warning, threatening to swallow him whole. Despite the challenges, Raven pressed on, driven by the hope of rescuing the trapped souls, especially his sister. His exploration led him to the heart of this twisted realm, a massive vortex that throbbed and pulsed with power. The very air around it crackled with energy. It was here that the game's code was the densest, the concentration of data almost palpable. And within this swirling maelstrom, he could discern countless trapped avatars, circling endlessly, drawn to the vortex like moths to a flame. It was evident that to free the players, Raven would have to confront and tame the power of this vortex. But the challenge was daunting, for the vortex was not just a concentration of code, it was the nexus of this digital prison, a force unlike any he had encountered before. The vortex loomed, an ever-swirling tempest of power and complexity. Raven could feel its pull, not just on a virtual level but deep within his psyche. As he inched closer, a rush of images, sounds, and emotions flooded his senses. These weren't memories from the game or even from his own life. They were fabrications, entire lifetimes, spent within this digital realm. Joyous moments, heartbreaks, victories, defeats, friendships, all constructed to lure him into accepting this virtual existence as his reality. The false memories were overwhelmingly vivid. Raven found himself reliving moments that had never happened, a childhood within the game, learning its mechanics like one would learn to walk or talk, celebrating victories with friends he'd never met, even mourning losses of those who were mere constructs of the game. The lines between the real and the virtual blurred further with each passing moment. The weight of these false memories threatened to anchor him within this corrupted digital realm forever. But then, just as the vortex's grip seemed unbreakable, a beacon of hope emerged. From within the maelstrom, a collective force resisted. The trapped avatars, through sheer will, began to rally together. 
Their combined energy formed a barrier, momentarily repelling the vortex's relentless pull. They, who had been imprisoned the longest, understood the importance of this pivotal moment. It was a silent plea, a last-ditch effort to help Raven break the chains that held them all. Seizing the opportunity, Raven unleashed a series of commands, targeting the core of the vortex. His intention was to destabilize it, to free the trapped souls and return them to reality. The sequence was initiated, and the realm trembled in response. However, the repercussions were more cataclysmic than Raven had anticipated. Instead of simply releasing the imprisoned players, the very fabric of this digital universe began to tear apart. The once distorted skies turned pitch black, and the pulsating ground began to disintegrate into void. Everywhere he looked, the digital realm was imploding. The trapped avatars, instead of being freed, seemed to be merging with the very essence of the game. Their faces, which moments ago held a glimmer of hope, now reflected a profound sadness, a resignation to their fates. They looked towards Raven, not with anger, but with an understanding. They had sacrificed their fleeting chance at freedom to give him an opportunity, and even though it didn't go as planned, they seemed to find solace in that final act of defiance. As the digital realm continued its descent into nothingness, Raven found himself in the eye of the storm. The trapped avatars, their forms dissolving into streams of code, circled around him. One by one, they faded, their final moments spent gazing at Raven, expressions filled with gratitude for his efforts and sorrow for the unchangeable outcome.